thank you for joining me on Humanities Radio. I'm Jana Cunningham with the University of Utah College of Humanities, and today we're talking about Thanksgiving, its origin, and how it has changed over the years. Greg Smoke, Associate Professor of History and Director of the American West Center, is with me to discuss more about how this holiday came to be. So let's just go ahead and get started. Since the first Thanksgiving in 1621, it didn't necessarily become an annual tradition right away, nor was it called Thanksgiving, I imagine. So what was this first feast all about? What was it like and why was it held? Well, it was not called a Thanksgiving essentially by the Puritans. And remember the, the Puritan settlers of New England um, although it's kind of made stereotypical, were kind of a somber bunch in some ways. Um, they were, it was a response to Catholicism, and that's what the Puritans were purifying, was they were purifying the Church of England of these vestiges of Catholicism. And so one of the things that they did not do were lots of big feast days and celebrations like you might find in the Catholic faith. And so a true thanksgiving for the Puritans was a much more somber event. It involved fasting, not feasting, and prayer, right? So it was not really what they would have called it. Um, one historian says they would have called it a rejoicing. And in fact, that's what um, one of the only, there's only two real primary accounts of it. And the one that comes from Edward Winslow, that's what he calls it. And he puts it directly in the context of a harvest festival. And he said, our harvest being gotten in and our governor, our governor sent four men on fowling, meaning bird hunting, that, that we might, after a special manner, rejoice together. And we had gathered as we had gathered the fruits of our labor. So he's putting very much in the context of a harvest festival. And, of course, these tough times and getting through that was something that they um, – were to celebrate. Another context for it in 1621 certainly was a treaty that had been reached with the Wampanoag people. The Wampanoag people, native people who lived around Plymouth and are still there to this day, um, and their leader, Massasoit. And um, that um, treaty had been concluded. It was really a treaty of a trade treaty that that the, the British colonists would exclusively traded with the Wampanoags, and they would no longer trade, trade with the French. Um, but that's sort of an immediate context. Um, that doesn't mean peaceful relations would prevail between the Puritans and the native peoples of New England. And it doesn't mean that the native people were essentially invited to the first Thanksgiving. That's kind of a, a, a myth that comes later. You know, going back to Winslow, um, he says, you know, that the men had gone out and they'd killed as much fowl as um, that could feed the company for a week, you know, feed the colonists for a week. And then he says, at which time, amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms. Many of the Indians coming amongst us and among the rest, their greatest king, Massasoit, um, with some 90 men whom for three days we entertained and feasted and they went out and killed five deer which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and, our, and, and upon the captain and others. So essentially, you know, the Native people show up for this celebration and are incorporated into it. They likely viewed it again as a 
um, a, a, not a treaty, but certainly a, a social event. And for Native people, establishing those kinds of ties was critical to any kind of political or economic agreement. It was also a social agreement, establishing an alliance. And that's likely the way um, that they viewed it. Um, in terms of food, and a lot of people ask this, I've done talks on this for school teachers, you know, was turkey the main dish? Probably not, maybe. Um, there was plenty of wild turkey, but um, fowl is the way that Winslow refers to it. It could be in any wild birds, it could be duck, geese, turkeys. Um, and of course, from this account, we hear native people brought venison, brought deer. Um, and again, celebration went on um, for three days. And so that's what the first Thanksgiving was like from these limited accounts that we have. And at this time, it, the colonists and the native people, they didn't decide then and there, well, we're going to make this an annual celebration, correct? Like this was kind of more viewed as a one-time thing? Yes, it was, it was absolutely a celebration. Um, there would be subsequent um, Thanksgivings declared, um, but it's not an annual event. It's certainly not an annual event that's tied to the last Thursday in, thanks, um, in November, right? So it, it's going to take a while for any kind of annual tradition um, to begin. And, um, you know, even though there's this, again, the, the way that modern kids are taught this in schools in, in the United States in the 20th century is really this this peaceful coexistence of the Puritan settlers, the so-called pilgrims, um, who are the separatists who come first, and native people. And that's, you know, really not the case. You know, within um, 15 years of, of um, that first Thanksgiving, 16 years, there'll be a, a horrific war, the Pequot War, um, between Puritan settlers and native peoples in New England, and even the Wampanoag people um, will eventually um, um, be attacked by the by the Puritans and um, decimated in, in King Philip's War, 1675. Philip or um, Metacom was was um, Massasoit's son, and Massasoit had kept the peace with the Puritans till 1661 in his death. But then relations would degenerate after that. So was this the only time this event, this Harvest Festival in 1621, was this the only time that the colonists and the Native people came together for this like peaceful meal, this peaceful festival? Or were there other events throughout this time where they decided to come together and hold some sort of peaceful celebration or peaceful festival or even just a peaceful dinner? Um, yeah, I mean, Native people would be incorporated into a lot of these types of events because they, in a sense, demanded to be, you know, they were there, um, at least until they are, are pushed to the margins, removed, and so on. Um, Native people, again, like I said, also look to these types of social events as um, creating alliances, as essential to creating alliances. So those types of events, shared feasts, might take place at treaty councils and other types of events. Um, the exchange of wampum, you know, in the 20th century, 21st century, wampum is is, is used as a slang for for money, um, and it, but wampum is really a symbolic trade good that is critically important to Native people in New England as the English moved to control 
the trade in wampum, it becomes more monetized, becomes more of a, 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 a commodity. But it really is a symbolic thing. And so the symbolic exchange feasts, these types of events are important to Native people. So they certainly participated in, in those ways, um, but perhaps not in these types of regular um, Thanksgiving celebrations. It's really not till the end of the 19th, beginning of the 20th century that this idea of you know the Native participation in it becomes really important. So... When and why did Thanksgiving eventually become an annual celebration? Well, it's, you know, throughout the the colonial period and the early Republic, there were various irregular days of Thanksgiving. Individual colonies and individual states declared this. Um, But then there'd be years where there were no Thanksgiving celebrations. Uh, The stories of the Puritans, and and the pilgrims and their relationship with with native people the first thanksgiving they really aren't known until the early 19th century 1820 1850 that you see things like um mort's relation and um william bradford's of plymouth plantation actually being published or, or known um it's in the mid 1840s however that um you start to see people like sarah hale a well-known author and um, activist in, in antebellum America who starts to lobby presidents for an annual day of Thanksgiving. And she starts doing that in the mid-1840s. Again, though, she's not tying it to that necessarily to that, even though she's a New Englander, not tying it to that, that first Thanksgiving story. It's just this idea that is really, I think, spurred by the evangelical fervor of the Second Great Awakening that's going on in that period. It's a period of great reform movement, and women like Sarah Hale are certainly uh, important for all of those movements. It's not until 1863 that um, Abraham Lincoln um, declares a national day of Thanksgiving that becomes a model for subsequent presidents. Right, so that's on October 3rd, 1863, um, that he declares this annual celebration. And it is not, again, it has nothing to do with that story of pilgrims and Native people. It is very much within the context of this horrific civil war that is going on at that time. And you say, well, what do you have thanks for in the midst of this Civil War with so much death and devastation. Well, the war had actually been turning in favor of the North and the Union by the fall of 1863. Um, The Southern invasion of the North had been blunted and turned back at Gettysburg in July, and the same time Vicksburg fell after a long siege. And so Union armies were um, advancing. And Lincoln um, does not mention New England, doesn't mention turkeys, doesn't mention pilgrims, but he does say this in his proclamation. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up their ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, that they do also with humble penitence 
for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in this lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with divine purpose to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. So he's putting it directly in um, the the context of this great national um, conflagration that's the United States is experiencing um, at that time. So from what I'm understanding, Lincoln was declaring this as kind of a way to unify our country in a time of incredible hardship and devastation of the Civil War, which seems like a great idea to me. But how was this connection made to this original day of feast or this three-day feast in 1621 between the colonists and the Native Americans? Okay, that's going to come a little bit later. So after Lincoln, um, subsequent presidents would declare, would would follow through with um, an annual day, an annual Thanksgiving on the final Thursday of November. So that kind of becomes a tradition. Congress passes a, a federal holidays act that first is going to be um, celebrated or actually recognized in, um, in, in the District of Columbia, but then it'll spread to other states. Um, it's really the 1880s, 1890s, and into the early 20th century that that link becomes apparent. And there's a couple of reasons for this. Um, before the American Civil War, um, there was, any talk of a national culture, any link of the nation's origins in one colony would have been very disruptive, very divisive. Southerners did not look to New England as the birthplace of the American Republic. They would look to Jamestown, right? 1607, an earlier colony in Virginia. And you know this idea of elevating the story of um, Massachusetts, of New England, to the prominence of this is the birthplace of the nation, would not have been met well throughout the country, right? So we have lots of competing ideas about what is our national culture, what is our national identity. That's set aside by the, the you know, the end of the Civil War. Not, it's not, it's not, it doesn't go away. We see that still today. Um, but do, so if it doesn't go away completely, it's still this idea of a national culture is not going to be as as divisive or as, as resisted. Secondly, the idea of a national culture in the late 19th century becomes far more palatable to America, to white Americans, North and South, to native-born Protestant Americans, North and South, as more immigration increases um, and the idea of a, a, a set of American values that could be traced back to that, those British colonies um, becomes a focus. And historians like Jeannie O'Brien have written about this, um, you know, the story of Massasoit and, and the connection to Native people and um, this honorable relationship with Native people. And so by the late 19th century and the early decades of the 20th century, by the 1920s, you really see um, this emphasis on 
the pilgrims and native people as the origin story, not just of Thanksgiving, but in many ways of the United States. It's just so interesting to me how it has kind of evolved in that way and is taking other people making these different connections and it's just continually, it seems to continually change in in my view. It seems to always, this holiday seems to keep changing. And that kind of leads me into my next question is that now Thanksgiving is more viewed as the start of the holiday shopping season and not so much this other day of thanks. It's just we sit down and have a big meal and then we all run out and go shopping. So when did this idea of Black Friday or consumerism come into play with Thanksgiving? Well, that's it's most directly related to the Great Depression and Franklin Roosevelt's administration. Um, you know, Roosevelt, of course, was faced with the worst economic downturn in American history, this devastating depression. Um, in a consumer economy, the United States had become a consumer economy by this point. And so spending is essential, right? So you have to have people out there buying. And so um, Rose, Roosevelt really wanted people to shop um, for Christmas. And this got this led to some controversy. Um, Roosevelt um, shifted his proclamation of Thanksgiving to the um, next to last Thursday in November, rather than the final Thursday in November, which it had traditionally been. And what he hoped was that this would give more shopping days, <laughs> literally help this would give more shopping days between Thanksgiving and Christmas and spur this lagging economy during the Great um, Depression. Um, some states ignored him and went with the last Thursday. Anyway, um, traditionalists lambasted him. Um, the Republican Party opposed him. And in 1941, a joint resolution of Congress set the official day for Thanksgiving in the United States as the fourth Thursday in November. Regardless if it was last or next to last, it didn't matter. It's officially by law since 1941, um, the, the fourth Thursday in November. So that's where that, it's the, the, the actual federal holiday today and establishing it on that specific day is related to this this fight over consumerism and traditionalism um, during the Great Depression. That was Greg Smoke, Associate Professor of History and Director of the American West Center. For more information about the College of Humanities, please visit humanities.utah.edu. 